Welcome back to another night of Walk It Out. I'm so glad that you joined me. My name is Gretchen Cannon, and I'm the community pastor here at Grace Church. And we're going to talk about where we started last week and about how Jesus's love language is obedience. So before we do that, let's uh, dive in and and just go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for who you are and that you created us to be conformed to your image. And Father, as we dive into these passages and um, just what it looked like for Jesus to walk his uh, um, obedience out to you and to model that for us, we ask that you reveal the things to each one of our hearts specifically that you want us to know about aligning our will with you and walking out our obedience. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, obedience is God's love language, and Jesus was the perfect model and example for that and how to obey him completely. And he made it very clear that obeying the Father and doing the Father's will was his uh, one mission, like his focus in bringing the kingdom, in uh, dying as Savior, as coming, as Lord and absolute ownership rights. It was all about doing the will of the Father. And so he modeled it perfect for us and what it would look like for us to do the same thing. I want to read a couple of scriptures for you. In John 8, 29, Jesus says, The one who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do what pleases him. Like that word always can be a little stressful if we get in a mindset of our flesh instead of the mindset of our spirit and abiding with him. We're going to talk more about that here in just a little bit. But it says, Jesus grew in obedience. This is Luke uh, 2.52. Sorry about that. It says, Jesus grew in obedience to his parents and obedience to his heavenly father. He grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and all people. And that's what it talks about in Luke 2.52. And that word grew means to continue to advance and progress in. Like Jesus continued to advance and progress in wisdom and stature. And wisdom is the knowledge and the practice that's needed for upright and godly living. So Jesus grew in that from a young man. Now, he was without sin. We know that. But his struggles and his temptations and his sufferings were um, easier when he was younger than when he had to be faced with major persecution, even until death of, of his uh, you know disciples denying him and betraying him and all of those things. Like, he grew in his obedience, is what that says. Um, to his parents and to the Heavenly Father by growing in wisdom. And so this attitude was definitely forged when he was younger as he chose obedience. But I want to read for you a couple of scriptures in Hebrews 5, verses 8 and 9. It says, He was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. And having been perfected, He became the author of eternal salvation to all who then obey him. And so that's our part to play. Jesus modeled obedience to the will of the Father for us and that we might obey them. Like 
it's good for us to obey him. And we want to talk about what that really looks like. Colossians 2.6 says, Therefore, as you've received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him. So right there, it lines out like the only way for us to walk in him and for us to be obedient in any circumstance. Like Steve says this all the time, but Jesus is the right thing to do in every situation. And the only way for that to happen is says right here, is for us to receive Christ Jesus as Lord. And so what does it look like then for us to walk out obedience to the Father? What does it look like for us to do the will of the Father as Jesus did? Well, it's a balance of Him as Savior and as Lord. And so many times, Uh, People come into relationship with Jesus, they accept him as Savior, but they don't follow through in anything about lordship and making him Lord. Like that word Lord means absolute ownership rights. Like he is the complete owner of every part of your life. The Hebrew word in the um, Old Testament for Lord is Adonai. It's the same thing. Like He owns everything you have. He owns your house. He owns the property that your house sets on, even though the title's in your name. He owns all of the possessions in your house, including your children, including your spouse, and even including you. It's absolute ownership rights. So when we make him Lord and give him absolute ownership rights, then our will becomes the same as the Father's will as we continue to be tuned into Him. In Matthew 7, uh, verses 21 through 23, I'm going to read this for you. It says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on the day, Lord, Lord, we did, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name drive out demons, and in your name perform many miracles. Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Now, this can sound like a very transactional verse here, a very transactional passage. But when we put on our new covenant lens and we look through our new covenant economy, we see this as something that isn't Um, to be obtained, but something that we've already received, just like Colossians said, as we've received Christ Jesus, so walk in him. And so as we've received Jesus, like we make him Lord, but it is a choice. It is an absolute choice we make. He does not force lordship on us. And that's, this is what this verse is talking about. So what are some evidences maybe that you Um, Like if you just asked people, what are some evidences of being a follower of Jesus in Christianity here in the West? You know, um, going to church, listening to Christian music, giving of your time and money, maybe reading the Bible, praying, worshiping, um, maybe even just being super nice, right? Like those are evidences. Even maybe making sure you're Kids are around just Christian influences. 
And there's nothing really wrong with any of the things I just mentioned. In fact, most of these, especially the ones that I kind of listed first, are really a good evidence or a good indicator as a byproduct of a Christian life, of a true Christian life that knows Jesus. But there's something deeper that Jesus is asking in these verses. Like he's asking in this passage and about lordship, about true ownership rights. Like Jesus desires that we do the will of the Father as he did, but that we do it out of a place of abiding and of resting and of trusting and of receptivity. Like there's nothing that we can do apart from him. So obedience is a byproduct, just like a fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, self-control, gentleness. Like obedience is a byproduct, just like those fruits that are listed in Galatians 5. In, in uh, John 14, Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Now, this isn't a transactional statement. But like if you truly love him unconditionally with all your heart and you walk out your obedience, if you agapeo him, that Greek word for love there, if you truly do what he says, like if you really love him, the byproduct is you keep him his commandments. I was in a conversation yesterday with somebody and they were talking about a, um, them and their spouse in a conversation there. And, and their spouse said, like, why in the world do people sin if they really love Jesus? And this is someone that doesn't love him with his, their whole heart yet. But it, it, was, it was dumbfounding. And I, as I was visiting with her and I said, well, do you love your husband more than anybody on this earth? And she was like, yes. And I said, well, do you always treat him perfectly? She was like, no. I say, sometimes are you mean to him? Do you say bad, like mean things to him? Or maybe you don't love him well by serving him and laying your life down? She was like, right. I said, it's the same for us. There are times, like even though we love Jesus, that we actually don't agape owe him. We actually don't put our actions behind the love that is in our heart. And so in John 15, you will hear us say this over and over and over again, but like, I am the vine is what Jesus says. You are the branches. If you remain in me, like that's our choice to remain in him. Now, I'm not talking about your spirit, man. I'm not talking about what's already completed in Christ. I'm talking about our mind, our will, our emotions, like the things that drive our behaviors, our belief systems. Like if we remain in him, we will bear much fruit. But apart from him, we can do nothing. So if we go and we um, walk out obedience apart from him, even though it's actually what he asked us to do, it is dead works. Like there is no life in it because we can do nothing apart from him. And I really hope you're hearing me in this. Like if you, if the Lord has laid it on your heart to forgive somebody, but you go 
and you do it apart from him and like you determine and you make your mind up like I'm going to forgive this person and I'm going to go tell this person like I forgive you, but you don't do it in complete partnership and union with him, then it is a dead work. It is not a byproduct. It is not a fruit. That word fruit in the Greek means two life streams coming together to produce something. His life stream and your life stream coming together. It's the only way that fruit and a byproduct of our relationship with him can actually be manifested in this realm, in our life. And so if we, if we look at in order for us to have uh, like the capacity to be obedient to the will of the Father, like we must turn our hearts towards abiding in Jesus. Like we must align ourselves to abiding in him, to that level of heart level of intimacy with him. Like Jesus is looking for Christ followers whose life is fulfilled by a burning passion for him and for nothing else. Like that's lordship where he owns so much of you, a white hot faith that is so hot that he is Lord, not just savior. And so these people are the ones he calls friends in John 15, when it says, excuse me, you are my friends if you do what I command you. Now, that doesn't mean do these things that I command you and then you're allowed to be my friend. It means like we are truly friends. We are in such union and partnership and relationship that you'll do what I command you. And I do not call you servants anymore because a servant doesn't know what his master is doing. I have called you friends because I have made known to you everything I have heard from my father. So what I want you to do is just like ask Holy Spirit to show you maybe a thought, maybe a behavior, maybe, maybe a thought pattern, a behavior pattern that you, maybe that isn't the will of the father for you. Like just ask Holy Spirit, is there any kind of thought pattern, belief system, behavior pattern that is not the will of the Father. And then just turn away from it. Like, don't go into a lot of, um, um, like, woe is me, self-pity, I'm such a, a sinner in filthy rags. Like, you are not. Ephesians 4, um, 32 says, um, I was just talking to Steve about the scripture. It says, and be kind to one another tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Like, what can you give? What can you even, like, in in true union and partnership with him, in your behavior, your thought life, your actions, like, what can you have that you have not received of him? Nothing. And in Hebrews, uh, several places in Hebrews and Romans alike, uh, Hebrews chapter 10, Romans 6, it talks about how Jesus died once and all for our sins. So what I'm saying to you, like when the Holy Spirit reveals to you thought processes or belief systems or behavior patterns that are not the will of the Father, we don't go into begging him for forgiveness. Like we are already complete 
in him, we are already completely forgiven our past, present, and our future sins. But we don't take that for granted. Instead, when he reveals that to you, thank him. Like, thank him that you are forgiven. And then repent. And I'm reminded when we talk about that word, uh, Mark uh, 1, verses 15 and 16, where John the Baptist is is saying the kingdom is at hand, like, go repent and believe the good news. Like, that word repent means not just to change your mind, like, repent and believe the good news, but it's even deeper than that. When you dig into that word, that Greek word, it actually means to change the inner man, your mind, your will, and your emotions. Like, change those things in particularly in reference to the acceptance of God's will for your life. If you look at the root word for that, it means to be changed after being with. So right here, we cannot even repent apart from him. We cannot change our mind apart from him. It also means to think differently after being with. Like once we are with Jesus, and we sat with him until he changes our mind and we think differently, that is in union with him. So to walk out our obedience isn't something that we do apart from him, but it is a choice we make. I love this question uh, that one of somebody that watches the live stream and, and just um, interacts on it. I love this question that she gave me, and I, I want to share some of this with you. What she said was, as we were talking through the process of transformation, it's not anything we do, right? It's something he does in and through us as we learn to trust and rest in him. And like, I love this question. It's a great question. And my answer is yes, that's exactly correct. And no, like we are who we are in Christ it's not up to what we're doing and whether we do right or whether we do wrong. Nothing that we do has anything to do with who we are in Christ. Our part is definitely trusting and resting completely in Him. But that is a choice. And that is something that we do make. So it is part of our obedience to rest and to trust in Him. We choose to renew our mind. Like Romans 2 or 12, 2 says to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. That is something that we do in obedience. That is a part of obedience and lining our thoughts to the Father's will. Like do is not a bad word. Obedience isn't a bad word. It's our availability at receptivity and obedience to his spirit and to his word. Like we have a choice in, to order our lives around him or not, but that is a part of what we do. So some good scriptures to look up about this is Matthew 7, 20, verses 24 through 27, also paralleling uh, that with Luke 4, 46 through 49. But Jesus talks about wisdom as hearing the voice of the Lord and doing what he says. Hebrews 5, 11 through 14, I'm going to read this to you. Um, this is something that he really um, birthed in my heart this, uh, this last winter. 
over the Christmas season. And uh, starting in verse 7, it says, well, I'm going to, uh, excuse me, verse, I'm going to start in verse 10. Um, we're called by God as high priest according to the order of Melchizedek, of whom we have much to say and hard to explain, since you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word, word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are full of age, that is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So right here, it talks about like there's much to explain, but it's hard because you've become dull of hearing and you ought to be teachers, but now you're needing a teacher again. Right here, it talks about when we dull our hearing to the voice of the Lord, we actually do not continue to mature and actually we digress. And so that's part of doing the Father's will is to align our hearing to him and then do what he says. Whether it's take somebody something and serve them or whether it's just sitting with him for several hours because he wants to remind you of who you are. Like those are obedience. There's so many scriptures like, oh, first of all, like our, and there's so many scriptures about this too, but like, in Christ, our spirit man is completely new, totally regenerated, completely whole and holy like him. Like there's nothing we can do to change that. But there are so many scriptures that talks about our soul is being saved. And that is what it's about by being transformed and conformed through our obedience, through our resting and our trusting and our availability to him. We are transformed and conformed. Like when I don't hear or see a balance um, with people talking, I get a little concerned because it's a balance of grace and truth, of Savior and Lord, of hearing and obeying. If we only hear and we don't obey, we're out of balance. But if all we do is go work, our, walk out our obedience, and we don't sit with him to hear, then we're doing something apart from him and we're out of balance. And so Jesus showed us with the disciples and even himself, like there is a walking out of this and an alignment to the Father's will. And so we either walk out kingdom and right beliefs or we don't. And so it's up to us. And when we don't, usually we're, um, walking out wrong belief, belief systems or even maybe what the enemy is feeding to us. And so um, I want you to just take some moments when this is over or, or maybe over the next couple of days and just sit and ask the Holy Spirit to show you like thought patterns, behavior patterns, belief systems that are not in line with the will of the Father. That's not in line with the true person of who you are in Christ. And then turn away from them. And it is a conscious effort. But if you look up the word repent, 
It actually means as you change your mind, as you turn away from those things, you do it in partnership with him by sitting with him, by being available to who he is in his presence in you. And so as always, if you have questions, you can email me at gracechurch.community or if you're watching on Facebook, you can comment here and I'd be glad to answer them and clear up anything maybe um, that I've stated that you have questions about or you want more scriptures on. But as you sit with Holy Spirit and he speaks to your heart, like ask yourself, what are you going to do about it? And then go walk it out. You guys have a great weekend.